Hi there. My name is Dan Moran. I'm the founder and president of Concierge Diamonds and Fine Jewelry. We're located in Los Angeles, California. And welcome to Big Stones. This will be a weekly podcast about diamonds, the diamond industry, diamond jewelry, and really all things in the world of jewelry. I know that there are a lot of questions out there. It's not a very well understood industry. So my goal with this is to shed light on some of the perhaps opaque or difficult to follow practices of how diamond rings get made, what you need to know when you're looking to buy something in the world of diamonds or jewelry, and any other questions you may have. So I'd like to start at the end by saying I'm happy to answer any questions anybody out there has. Please comment here, and I will give you all of my contact info at the end so you can find me any way that human beings speak to each other. My topic for today is the basics, the four C's of diamonds, what you need to know about how diamonds are valued. So there are four attributes that are the primary drivers of value when you are looking at a diamond, and they are the famous four C's. Carat weight, color, clarity, and cut. I'm going to spend just a minute or two on each one of them to help you decode what they mean. Carat weight is very straightforward. If you put a diamond on the scale, how much does it weigh? One carat is simply one-fifth of a gram. So there's nothing magical about carats. They're just a convenient unit that we use because Talking about diamonds in milligrams just doesn't sound very romantic. So all you really need to know about carat weight is that the more a diamond weighs, the larger it will be, and the more expensive it will be. And the reason for that is that as stones get bigger and bigger, they are more and more rare, they're harder to find, and therefore, you know, supply is lower, demand is higher, cost goes up. What you, what you need to know about the relationship between price and size is that unfortunately that relationship is not linear, it is exponential. So as you increase the size of a stone, uh, price will not match the size increase. It will dramatically increase uh, with, with a linear increase in size. So if you think that uh, doubling the size will double the price, you're going to have a bad time. That's just not the way it goes. Color. A diamond is a product of nature. It's a crystal that's made out of carbon. Those crystals, crystals were typically formed between a billion and 1.5 billion years ago, very, very deep underground at high pressure and high temperature such that the carbon was still liquid underground at that point. Now, once that liquid crystal cools and solidifies, it's essentially impenetrable. Nothing is getting in there to change the nature of that crystal. I'm sure you've heard the phrase in TV commercials and what have you, a diamond is forever. Well, in addition to the lovely marketing of that, there's a gemological truth to a diamond is forever. The way a diamond looks today is exactly the way it looked 10,000 years ago and exactly the way it will look 10,000 years from now. They don't change. However, when the crystal was forming a billion years ago deep in Mother Earth, sometimes there are other chemicals present there along with the carbon. Maybe nitrogen, maybe iron, maybe boron, cobalt, whatever happened to be there. And sometimes those other chemicals mix into the liquid crystal, and then when that crystal cools, those chemicals give the resulting diamond an overtone of color. So we grade color on a scale from D as in delta down to Z as in Zulu with D being absolute, pure, clear, crystal, no color whatsoever. And the farther we get down the alphabet, the more you might see a little bit of yellowish or brownish or greenish or grayish creeping into your stone. Now your goal if you're shopping for a diamond for an engagement ring should be to find a diamond that is white enough that it looks white to you. Doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what a salesman thinks, it doesn't matter what a gem lab thinks, it really only matters what you think. If it looks white to you, it's white. Financially, though, you should understand the consequence for uh, changing the color of a diamond. 
So if you're looking at, let's say, a K color stone, and you're thinking about going to a J color stone, what would you expect that to cost? There's not a perfect rule to tell you uh, with 100% accuracy so you can predict what uh, that cost increase will be. But as a, as a rule of thumb, as a first order of approximation, going up one color grade, if you keep everything else about a stone the same, costs about 15%, plus or minus. So going from K to J, 15%, from J to I, 15%, from I to H, 15%, and so on. And that's why you've got to be careful not to go too crazy with your diamond color because, you know, you go up a few colors and you've doubled the price of the stone. So you have to watch your budget. And really, not everyone needs that super high color. If it looks white enough to you at an eye color, declare victory and you're done. By the way, once you go past Z on the color scale, we get to what's called the fancy colors. Fancy yellow, fancy pink, fancy orange, etc., etc. Uh, So-called canary diamonds and other uh, colored diamonds. And those become very expensive and very rare again. So that's really all you need to know about color. Clarity. Again, a diamond's a product of nature. When that crystal forms underground, it never forms perfectly. There are always flaws or imperfections in the crystal. The industry term is inclusions because it is bad marketing to say flaws. Uh, people in jewelry stores don't like to tell you your diamond is flawed. Um, but it really means the same thing. Uh, in my opinion, clarity is the least important of the four C's, believe it or not. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that, oh, if a diamond's going to be beautiful, it has to be flawless. But that's just not the case. That's not true at all. Clarity is the least important of the four C's so long as one condition is met. That condition is the diamond must be clean enough that nothing bothers your naked eye when you look at it. Doesn't have to be clean under a microscope. Doesn't have to be clean under a magnifying glass. Has to be clean to your eye when you look at it. And again, your eye, not my eye, not anybody else's eye, but your eye. If you look at it and there are no inclusions bothering you, either you can't see any, or if you can, you're okay with them, that's clean enough for you. So I urge you to treat clarity like a high jump bar. If a stone has inclusions that bother your naked eye, you haven't cleared the bar, the stone is disqualified. But once you're over that bar, I really don't care if you're over it by an inch or by a mile, but your wallet will care, right? Those super gemologically perfect clarity stones are very, very, very expensive with very little real-world practical, practical benefit to spending all that extra money. So don't buy a diamond that's super clean just to impress your jeweler who's going to look at it with a magnifying glass. Who cares? Buy the diamond that's going to look good in everyday life and don't overspend on attributes that uh, you won't be able to appreciate uh, in the future. Our last C is cut. Cut is both the most simple and the most complicated aspect of diamond grading. The simple aspect is, well, what shape do we want? Do we want something round? We want something squared, we want something oval, etc., etc., etc. And that's that's a choice that's largely made on a basis of personal preference. There are some optical advantages to some shapes over others, but at the end of the day, what you like is much more important than 5% more or less light return based on a different cut shape. So choose the shape you like. But within each shape, it's very, very well understood what the correct way is to cut that shape. In other words, the ratio of the length of the stone to its width to its depth, the relative sizes of all the facets and the angles at which they meet each other, the, uh, the, the ratio between the central facet of the stone and its diameter, the ratio of its depth to its diameter. These are all very, very precisely defined what quote-unquote correct is. And we're able to measure very, very precisely with lasers and other machinery whether a given diamond is cut correctly or not. 
So when I say that out loud, it makes me ask myself the same two questions. Question one, why do we care? Why are we interested in these ratios and angles and proportions? What's the point? At the end of the day, it's a rock. Why do we care what shape the rock is? Well, a diamond is only valuable at the end of the day because it's beautiful. The only reason it's beautiful is because it sparkles. And the reason why it sparkles is because it's a prism. Diamonds bend and refract light very, very powerfully. They are very strong prisms. And these angles and ratios are designed to optimize their ability to do that. So in other words, the more perfectly cut a diamond is, the closer a diamond cut is to that ideal, the sparklier it will be. And the more it will look brilliant and scintillating and beautiful. That's why we care. The second question that I think is maybe more interesting is, well, if we all agree that diamond cut is important, if we all agree what the perfect shape is, and if we know how to measure, why don't we just get it right every time? Why is there such a thing as an imperfectly cut diamond? The answer, unsurprisingly, is because a diamond is a product of nature. And if you're a diamond cutter, you have to work with whatever funky shaped rock comes out of the ground, whatever mother nature gives you. And you're always compromising between the ideal diamond cut and the maximum carat weight, right? Because remember, a diamond cutter can't add, he can only subtract, he can only remove material. So if you're the cutter, you're always choosing between maximizing carat weight and maximizing cut quality. And as a result, you can often see imperfectly cut stones in the market when cutters try to maximize weight. And those imperfectly cut stones will generally be less expensive. You can save 15, 20, 25% versus an ideally cut stone. But in my view, that's a sucker bet. That's a bad way to spend your money. At the end of the day, a diamond's only job is to sparkle. And if it's going to wind up looking dull and lifeless like a piece of glass, go spend 10 bucks and buy a piece of glass. Don't waste your money on a diamond. So if you're going to get a diamond at all, you want one that sparkles properly. And that's really all about the cut. The best way I can put it to you is this. If you take the best, most perfect, beautiful, rough diamond that Mother Nature has ever produced, the perfect, perfect rough diamond, and you cut it badly, it's not going to sparkle. No matter how great the material is, a poor cut will not be sparkly. And in contrast, if you take a so-so rough diamond that's okay but not amazing, and you cut it perfectly, it's going to look beautiful. It's going to be full of fire and full of life. So the cut is what unlocks the natural characteristics of the diamond. So if you don't get that right, there's really no point in the whole exercise. Well, there you go. In 10 minutes or less, that's my take on the four C's of diamonds. Uh, I know that's a lot of information all at once. I'm sure you have questions. So please ask them here and I will comment. Or you can find me on my website, which is conciergediamonds.com. You can email me at info at conciergediamonds.com. You can find me on Facebook, Concierge Diamonds, Instagram, Concierge Diamonds, or on Reddit, where I go by Diamond Dealer. And of course, you can always just pick up the phone and call me. I'm at 213-261-4330. Again, 213-261-4330. Once again, my name is Dan Moran from Concierge Diamonds. I hope you guys found this interesting and helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.